0: What is up, Church Voice family? Spencer Davis here, back with another episode of the Church Voice Podcast with my co host Tyler Rhodes. What up? Yes, sir. Um, we're back with another one. And of course, we're always, every single week, our goal with the Church Voice Podcast is building the body of Christ through a variety of voices. And we do that through the avenue of church history. And so our goal is to bring relevancy to church v- history, bring some relevancy to these lessons and these teachings of um, people of old, Christians of old, um, who, who really impacted our beliefs and our theology and, and how and really how we do things. Um, so that's our goal. Uh, thank you guys for being here and for listening and supporting. As usual, we are completely sponsored, supported, and recorded at Christian Center Church here in South Bend, Indiana. Check us out at christiancenter.org. Uh, Pastor Tyler, how's
1: it going Today. I'm up too late. Yeah. <laughs> I'm okay. up too late tonight. That's, that's how I'm doing. <laughs> I'm, Glad you're doing I'm, well. <laughs> yeah, I'm up too late. I'm up too late. There's two reasons why I'm up too late. Uh, one of them I'm sure you're going to identify with because... If it's the reason, yeah. I'm sure it's the
0: the reason why I'm up late right now too. Yes. Yeah.
1: The, they have these basketball games entirely too late. Absolutely unacceptable. Entirely too late for the Eastern yes. time zone. Yeah. They don't care about us. They don't. Is what it is. They don't. It's they all don't. about, oh, we want it to be at 6 o'clock for yeah. people in California. California is well, the You know only what? Thing I got friends in California. They're not basketball fans, <laughs> so I don't <laughs> There are no basketball fans. We are fans. fans over here.
0: Don't you know that Hoosiers was about Indiana?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, man. The best basketball movie ever made was they about Indiana. There ain't nobody over in California in the finals. See what I'm saying? Okay, because LeBron James got yeah. put out. Yeah. So, shout out to him. No, nah, loser <laughs> i'm just kidding sorry my, for
0: all lebron james i know fans. my
1: hawks were put out too yeah you know yeah i'm still bitter
0: i'm unattached still i'm a free agent fan so yeah, yeah well
1: you know what people like you disgust me. <laughs> <laughs> no but for real these games are too late that mm-hmm. is just i'm an early morning guy I'd rather, I would rather, and I don't usually get up at five. Don't, I'm not, don't let, don't even let it sound (laughs) like I'm fronting right now. But I would rather be up at five than up at 11 p.m. or midnight. Yeah. I just, I I function better that way. I'm the same way. I actually, okay, this is weird. I would rather wake up at three in the morning, like, you know, like to catch a flight or something. Mm -hmm. I'd rather wake up at three in the morning and drive over than drive late in the night stay in a hotel and get up the next day and go. Yeah. Like, I feel better early as opposed to late. Mm -hmm. But it's not like... And the games are late to me, okay? A lot of people, they're not at all. a lot of people, they're like actually normal. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But... It's not that I'm getting less sleep. Mm -hmm. It's just that I sleep in a little bit more because I'm staying up a little bit late, and but I feel like trash. Yeah, I feel like absolute trash. You
0: you wake up to condemnation of late (laughs) 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 sleep. Like there's now therefore no guilt chamber condemnation unless you wake up late.
1: Exactly, (laughs) and it's like then you just feel like a terrible person. I wake up and I'm like the wrath of God. (laughs) Abides on the disobedience. It is upon me. <laughs>
0: there are no mercies new this morning.
1: <laughs> so, and then the other reason is that Parker's been doing this thing where she won't take a second nap in the afternoon. Mm. And then we'll put her in bed at like eight, sometimes as early as seven. Yeah. Cause she's like, I mean, she's like falling asleep eating her food. Yeah. We put her in bed. Yeah. She'll sleep for like an hour. And then wake up as if it was a nap, yeah. And then be up till like ten or eleven o'clock, <laughs> till yeah. eleven o'clock, and um, it's driving us nuts right now. Oh, I believe you. Like we heard, so it was like it was like ten thirty last night. She had been in bed for like two hours, yeah. And all of a sudden, we start hearing her cry, and it's one of those cries. If you're a parent of a young child, oh, shout yeah. out to oh, you, man, because you know the cry when it's like they ain't going back to nope. sleep. No, nope. no, like they're up. Yeah, and and ding ding Din goes. This child better not. <laughs> she said, This child better not be up right now. Yeah. And, 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 and us have to try and lay with her knowing she's not going to go yeah. back to sleep. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll check on her. <laughs> so I go in there, standing straight up in her crib. Oh, yeah. Straight up. And I'm like, no. So I laid with her for a while, didn't go back to sleep. Then Teen laid with her for a while, didn't go back to sleep. I go back in. Finally she goes back to sleep yeah it's like it's like pushing midnight and it's like this is just this is unacceptable it's a tough <laughs> life
0: yeah I mean you might have to cut the you might have to cut the second nap out in general. Because what time does she take her nap? Not that the audience typically cares about this, but what <laughs> true, true. personal conversation? Let's try to solve what time this does dilemma your right now. daughter take her normal naps,
1: <laughs> so she'll usually take one about ten or eleven in the morning. Oh yeah, you gonna have to cut that. And then she'll usually take one at like four or five. Nah, you gonna have to do. You gonna have to do. I'm not.
0: I'm not trying to be pro parent. No, here, no, you're good. But you're gonna have to cut the first nap and just do like a two two p.m. nap. Our our nap time is two p.m. Mm-hmm. That changed the game. Yeah. So like we do the one nap, and, and she might just right. be getting to that point. If right. She's trying to stay up late. Just do the one nap and just like run a ragged until it's bedtime.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's that we might. That's have what to we do. do. That. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to do that.
0: And then when 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 they don't get a nap, oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it is the most because like it like first of all, if Riley don't get his nap, it's like seven 50 and he's like, <laughs> and he he's, he's done. Like you can't, yeah. you can't stop the go down. Yeah. But like, yeah, if they, if they, even if they get a nap, eight 30, they'll go down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. We, we might have to do that. We yeah. might have to try to, it's hard because the, the only consistent thing about her nap is the morning nap yeah so and then some days she's fine some days she isn't yeah the morning nap was pretty regular for us too for a while yeah
0: but then it just stopped working she's just changing
1: because he Mm -hmm. did the same thing riley did the
0: same thing where he would get up and and, and, yeah be have a hard time going to sleep but anyway enough about our (laughs) (laughs) our parenting problems but the first one for sure those games are unbelievable unbelievably late yeah and again, for, we sound so soft right now. Oh, we sound 100%. like old fart men. <laughs> like it sounds so bad, but like they are just too late cuz I am like I am like slumped over with sleep. By the time the second half <laughs> by the time the second half comes in, I am like forcing myself to stay awake. And then my wife's trying to get me to bed and it's just it's it's just it's just all bad. It
1: is I have to go outside and scream off my balcony. <laughs> I do. Every commercial break, I'll just go out there and just let it. It ain't even that loud. I just got to let it out. And like wake myself up. <laughs> You're like slapping yourself on the <laughs> cheeks. <laughs> so people are probably out there like midnight, and they just hear it. Yeah, ah! yeah. And then I go back in. Well, and it's
0: funny because like Taylor will come in too, and she'll like turn the TV off and like turn the game off, and like babe, come back. And I was like, uh, I'm like I'm watching that. <laughs> I was watching that, and like I w- I've been I've been asleep for 45 <laughs> minutes yeah. already. I'm like yeah. uh, I don't turn that off. I was and it's Grueling like, like dude, and everything. Go to bed. Go to bed. So anyway, uh, enough of our enough of our boring old person living <laughs> um but we'll go ahead and get into our topic for today um and i'm excited about about this one uh, cuz i think the the figure that we're that we have on today our, our our historical guest for today is a real um not like he's a heavy hitter but he's he's highly historic as well cuz he's super <laughs> super super old um probably the 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 furthest back we've gone in in church history figures. Yeah. 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 At, at least, yeah. Definitely. This,
1: I mean, this guy is a I think you're gonna get into this in the bio. Yeah. But he was around for the canonization of the scripture. Yes. Like, okay, like we're going this far yes. back. Yes. Like he like he and some others were disciples of disciples. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's That's who we're talking about today. So you're right. We're going way back.
0: Yep. And I'm going to hit on that too. So don't mind if I repeat that. Um, But we're talking about Irenaeus, um, the Bishop of Lyons. So Irenaeus was born around 130 AD and dies around 202 AD. So he was a Greek bishop and he was noted for his role in guiding and expanding Christian communities in what is now uh, the South of France. And uh, more widely, for de- the for his development of Christian theology by combating heresy and defining orthodoxy, he originated from Smyrna, and he had seen and heard the preaching. Uh, which the the Smyrna thing is is pretty sick because we know that that that's one of the churches um, in Revelation. Yeah, one of and the seven, yeah. and it's cool because like it's one of like the 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 positive churches like you know what i'm saying it wasn't one of the churches where it's like look bro you're getting this all wrong it was like smyrna and it's and and you know what's crazy um the what what the the word of the lord in in that in that in that scripture actually talks about smyrna um it's like you're going to endure much persecution and, and so it's interesting because that's exactly what happened. They do. As, mm-hmm. as you look at history, and I'll get into that in just a minute. So he originated from Smyrna, um, and he had seen and heard the preaching of Polycarp, which is another huge, huge, huge early church father. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the last known living... Co- so Polycarp was the last known living connection to the apostles. Yeah. So that's like, that's big.
1: Yeah, they some church historians say he was connected to John
0: yes yep and that's exactly what I was going to read So he was connected to um, to John the Evangelist and um, so Irenaeus is actually the like you said um, before before we got started in the bio he's actually the earliest surviving witness to regard all four um, of the now canonical Gospels as essential.
1: Okay, sorry, go ahead. I want to jump in. Yeah, 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 one of the cool things about that is that there were a lot of, of early church leaders who wanted, who wanted the councils mm. to combine the four gospels into one super gospel. Mm. And Irenaeus, was one of the guys who said, no, "No, we need to let the four gospels stand Got on their own Got as you. each individual witness accounts right. of the life of Jesus." So that's
0: what it means by all four gospels yeah. being mm-hmm. essential and not yep. just being one yep. story. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so he is recognized as a saint by the Catholic Church, um, which celebrates his feast on the twenty eighth of June, and in the Eastern or eith, <laughs> Eastern, um, in the Eastern Orthodox churches, uh, which celebrates his feast on the twenty. Third of August. So he was a priest of the Church of Lyons before he became bishop um, during the persecution of the Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. And Marcus Aurelius brought a ton of persecution on the Christian church in this era. And it was interesting because he, he accepted and tolerated almost every other religion, every other faith, every other belief, but he did not tolerate Christianity. And so yeah major, major persecution was going on during the time of of these individuals, Polycarp, Arenas, um, Irenaeus, Arenas, Irenaeus. <laughs> that, was, that was really bad. <laughs> <I> don't Really? <laughs> is that the planet? <laughs> don't know what happened there. Bear with us. Uh, so... So a lot of persecution was going on. And that persecution actually sent Irenaeus to Rome. And and during that time, while he was in Rome, um, his, his predecessor, predecessor mm-hmm. um, Pothinus, Poth- is that how you say it? I don't know. I don't know either.
1: But- <laughs> I have all these names, man. I know. I, don't know. I
0: know. I always struggle. So... Um, so his, his predecessor, Pothinus, actually suffered persecution. So Pothinus was the original bishop of Lyons. So he was the first bishop of Lyons, actually added a lot of value to the early church as well. Yeah. But he suffered persecution under um, Marcus Aurelius. And because of that persecution, he was ultimately martyred in prison. Wow. And that's what brought, that's what brought um, Irenaeus back to... <laughs> I'm trying not to know, say Aranus again. Know. So that's what brought Irenaeus back to Lyons. I didn't know that. That's to be, cool. Yeah, so, so that's how he became the second bishop of
1: Lyons. Okay, sorry. That's another way of saying how far back we're going. Yeah. That we're talking about this guy's predecessor was the founding bishop of that church. Yes. Like that's... Yeah, that's incredible. We're way especially back, especially in Rome. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, yeah.
0: It's we're we're way back. Um, so he's widely known for his writings against Gnosticism, and we'll 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 touch on that a lot more here in just a minute. So he's widely known for his writings against Gnosticism, and his most famous work is entitled "Against Heresies," which is actually we're going to draw our. Our quote and our our um, really it's kind of like a paragraph or yeah. a statement from um, from that that writing yeah. which is broken down into five books and the one that we're going to talk about today is is from the second book yeah, yeah. Um, so again against heresies is his most famous um, writing and it's all about gnosticism but the fun fact that I wanted to give about about the bishop of um, well, about the bishop of lions about Irenaeus is that. When he became bishop, he divided his activities between the duties of pastoring and and of being a missionary. Interesting. Yeah, so he divided, and I thought that was so so interesting and so present for our time because I think I think that's something critically important for for all of us pastors to do. I mean, yeah, yeah. we may not be bishops over multiple churches, and you know, be over all of that but like i think it's important for us to to have that mentality of of both shepherding and 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 being missional in everything that we do and yeah. really going out and and preaching the gospel so not only um taking care of the flock but adding to the flock and so th- i yeah. thought that was something really significant that he did there's not a lot of documentation about that that work that he did but it yeah. is noted in in his history that that that's how he divided his time. Yeah, between that's, those two things. That's
1: really the that's really the apostolic work, isn't yeah. it? Oh yeah, building the church, founding the church, and building the church, yep. and overseeing the church. Yep. That's really yep. he was following the tradition of Paul and Peter and that's James exactly right. and and these guys and the kind of work that they were doing. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that about him either. Yeah. The, the pastor missionary part. Yeah.
0: I thought that was a cool note. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's kind of our bio on Irenaeus. And and I think we're gonna give more context to the individual as we as we discuss, but we've been talking a lot about um, different subjects like like healing and like um and like you know, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We've been having those conversations privately, but I wanna talk about that first one of healing. And and the purpose of healing and the significance of healing and 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 why healing is really even a thing and why it's significant. Um and and maybe talk about it in reference to our expression of Pentecostalism. And you had you actually brought Irenaeus to the to the table and yeah. brought this quote. And so I I I want you to read it and then really just kind of lead us into this conversation. I'll be honest with you. I know that you wrote a lot on what you're about to talk about, so I kind of want to let you roll and let you go um, because not that you're an expert, but you're far more of an expert than I am. And 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 I'll be honest with you, I've been learning a lot through our conversations, so I kind of want to let you, give you fair freedom to kind of just go in on, on this quote and on this topic. Of yeah,
1: direct me, because yeah. I'm, I'm about I'll, to be I'll like keep, a fire hydrant. I'll, I'll
0: try to keep you in bounds, but... <laughs> Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please yeah.
1: do. So when you and I decided to talk about healing, I, I'm pretty sure I immediately brought up Irenaeus. Yeah. Like, we were like, hey, we're going to talk about healing, and I was like, I got a guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a guy, because the... The testimony he gives, number one, of of God's miraculous work in the early church, post the original apostolic era, is fascinating yeah. and powerful. But then second of all, he addresses things that I think, I think charismatic theology and practice at its worst is guilty of what he's addressing. And we'll get into that, and this is not going to be, okay, we're going to poo-poo all over charismatics <laughs> today. <laughs> because that's our expression and we love it. Yeah. But we have to talk about us at our best and us mm-hmm. at our worst.
0: Yeah. And I think it's I think it's convicting. Yes. for, for us because I yes. think we whatever we talk about today uh, and just to bring this to the forefront, we've both fallen into those pitfalls. 100%. You know, we've both fallen into these ways of thinking yes. and I and I think I think these things are being broken down in us. Yes. So so prayerfully they can be broken down within our listeners too. Yes. So that's that's really the point. Yes. You know, is not not to get up on our soapbox, but to really just use use our the error of our ways yes. to say, wait, no, we we've we've even been able to have a, a better understanding. Exactly. And a different understanding. Yes. So
1: drawing ourselves and others in our movement back to the scriptures yep. and back to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's really, talking about Christ is where we're going to jump off. But I want to read what Irenaeus says. And again, this is, this is a paragraph, but I want you to think about, this is why we emphasized how far back we're going talking about the writing of Irenaeus, because I want you to keep that in mind as we read this. He says, "'Wherefore also those who are in truth his disciples,' disciples of Jesus, receiving grace from him, do in his name perform miracles.'" So as to promote the welfare of other men according to the gift which each one has received from him. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils, so that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Mm. Others have foreknowledge of things to come. They see visions and utter prophetic expressions. Others still... Heal the sick by laying their hands upon them, and they are made whole. Yea, moreover, as I have said, the dead even have been raised up and remained among us for many years. Mm. And what shall I more say? It is not possible to name the number of the gifts which the church, scattered throughout the whole world, has received from God in the name of Jesus Christ, who was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and which she, the church, Exerts day by day for the benefit of the Gentiles, neither practicing deception upon any, nor taking any reward from them on account of such miraculous interpositions. For as she has freely received from God, freely also does she minister to others. Mm. Man, yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot there.
0: <laughs> so much there. But it's but what's interesting about this quote? Before you go, mm-hmm. it's like that hits on everything that makes us shout. Everything, <laughs> everything. I mean, he goes even to the raising of yes. the dead and then being with you many days, like Pentecostals be like, mm, oh, Hallelujah!
1: We're swinging from the
0: chandeliers oh, yeah, already we're by doing that Laps point. all that, yep. all that. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Here's what's interesting. <laughs> this is where we're gonna turn the tables a little bit. <laughs> what's interesting? is that the biggest heresy that Irenaeus is addressing, and he goes after a few in his five books, the biggest one he's going against is called Gnosticism. And there are a few characteristics of Gnosticism that I think are important to, to highlight. One of them is that the basis for Gnosticism, even being deceptive and manipulative in the early church, is that they they promote to have secret revelatory knowledge as to who God is and and secret truths that he wants to show about himself mm. so they are they are always saying okay I I know what the scripture says but this is what God is revealed this is what God told me this is what God told me yeah they this was the God told me Ooh, long before we did was that told quote me.
0: unquote prophecy
1: yeah, well, <laughs> that's what we would say. That's yeah, yeah, what we yeah. would say. Yeah, and it definitely isn't the biblical expression mm. of it. That's what we would say. Right. And they they also highlighted supernatural experience. Mm. That one of the ways in which uh, you knew that this God was real and active, and that these revelations were true, is that there were supernatural phenomena mm. and experience that that they would that they would boast about having. And then lastly... Boast uh, in
0: themselves? Boast
1: in themselves, yeah. yes. Yeah, that yeah. I have this, this has been given mm. to me by the divine. Mm. And then lastly, it was pervaded with a Greek philosophy that says flesh is bad, soul is good. Mm-hmm. So they said there's no way that Jesus was God-made flesh. Mm. He was just God. Like the body that we saw that they saw die on the cross didn't actually die. It was just an illusion mm. because there's no way that God would put sinful flesh on. Mm. And so they they weren't it, it went far beyond supernatural experience and secret revelation. It got to it got to the point where they began to go after the substance of Christ. Christ. Yeah. That's why I think in the very beginnings of Gnosticism, it it wasn't even called Gnosticism yet, but but there were people who believed in this idea, Jesus was only divine. Mm. That's why John, in his letters, writes the way he writes. In chapter one, what does he say? That which we have seen with our eyes, and touched with our hands. Mm-hmm. This is what we declare to you. Right. This isn't a ghost we're talking about here. Yeah. God became a man. Yeah. And it's important to say God became a man. Mm-hmm. And that's why these early church fathers went, went to the level that they went to. Now, I bring that up mm-hmm. and and we talk about that because I think in in Pentecostalism, I think in our worst, I think we're guilty of two if not all three of those errors. Mm. And I think one of the biggest ways in which those errors come to bear is our our theology of healing. Mm. The way that we believe healing, and really prophecy too, the way that you mentioned it, is our theology of healing. Now, I do want to say, being charismatic at its best, when our movement is at its best expression, we are helping lead other expressions who, who lead us and critique us in other ways. But we are leading them into the scriptural principle of being open to the spirit, mm-hmm. of being moved by the spirit, that God still speaks and acts today, that he still creates, he still saves, he's, he's still very active in this world that he's created. It didn't stop with the apostles. And Irenaeus straight up says, if you're going to say miracles stopped in the apostolic age, healing and deliverance and resurrection and all these things then you're going to have to call Irenaeus a liar you're going to have to say <laughs> you're you're going to have to say he wasn't telling the yeah. truth
0: well cuz he was at least two people removed Exactly. From from that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
1: Yeah. He wasn't a, he wasn't an eyewitness, as your nope. bio said. He was not an eyewitness to any of the disciples. Right. He just knew a guy who knew the guy. Pretty much. Knew I a mean, guy who knew
0: a guy. That's exactly the
1: position. That's that he what was he was in. in. Yeah. And he's saying, No, I'm seeing this. These things were happening. And then we have Justin Martyr, who's writing from the same time period, who's saying the same thing. He's mm-hmm. giving other testimonies mm-hmm. of God's work in the world. So we draw other traditions. Of Christianity back into the reality that God is still at work in us. And yes, he's at work through his scripture, but his spirit is, is still speaking through the scripture in spontaneous prophetic utterance and is still moving and active in our world today. And so we believe that God is good, and we believe god wants good things for his people. What is I think it's Psalm 82 says god withholds no good thing from his people. Like we believe that. Yeah. We believe that when the scripture says that Jesus or the apostles went into a village and healed everybody, that that's what happened. Oh yeah. And we believe that that still happens. It's, yeah. Yeah. And and so that's at our best. Yep. That that we are a believing people. Yep. We are a um we are a, a triumphant people mm-hmm. that we remind people that we live in the victory of god yep. us at our worst tends to be that we use the f- the same phrasing faith and prayer and and love and healing in the victory of god we use that to turn god into whatever it is that can do what we can't do to bring about the life we can't live mm. We end up, what we end up doing is is creating a religion of magic. Yeah, is what we end up doing. Yeah, is we end up becoming guilty of divination mm. because God ends up becoming, like I said, the the power that we need in order to make a life for ourselves that we want. Yeah. So I want to be healthy. I believe God wants me to be healthy. So if I if I quote and if I declare the scripture in faith whatever scriptures I think tells me I'm guaranteed something, yeah. then God has to do it. Mm. So if you're sick, I can say you're made well as long as you believe, and you will be every single time, no matter what. Mm. That is divination. Yeah, That's magic. Because mm. what we're saying is that faith is a force, and when I apply that force in any given situation... God's power has to follow my faith. Mm-hmm. Notice, he has to follow my faith so that whatever I'm saying happens. Yeah. So that in the same way that God creates with his words, I'm creating with mine. Now, do we toss all of that out? No, we don't. When Jesus says, rise up, take up your bed and walk, that he declared. Yeah. And it happened. Right. And if if we are drawn by the Spirit to say, rise up, take up your bed and walk, we're doing the same. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are declaring what's true and what God is doing in the situation. Mm. But, but notice the distinction. It's not God's power follows my faith. It's my faith follows God's power. Mm. My faith is is following yeah. what the Holy Spirit is already doing. Right. We assume the Spirit does what we want Him to do. Yeah, because we say so. Because we say so. Yeah. That's not true. Yeah. We follow the Spirit. Yeah. We walk with the Spirit mm. and so not fulfill the the, the, the lusts of the flesh. Yeah. That we follow what He's doing. And He's been active in this world long before we got here and will be long before we're gone. We're trying to catch on with His mission yeah, and be obedient to what He's saying. And so I, I think we fall into very dangerous territory because we all know people who've been hurt by this phenomena mm. I've been hurt by it yeah and and I in healing and in prophecy yep I've been I've been hurt by it and um I I think that it's something that we need to call Pentecostals back to the scripture yeah and back to a right understanding of Jesus so that's how I want to frame where we're going I don't know if you want to if you want to get into Christology yet or not, yeah. let me know. <laughs> Direct me where I need to go here. Yeah, um, But I think us at our worst, I think we're guilty of magic. Yeah. Well, and,
0: and I'm going to say something that might be a little edgy. Go ahead. You, you know it's magic because it's not happening.
1: Right. It, you know and, but it's… But we all act like it does. Well,
0: and we act like it does. But, but because that's my question… And and that's a question that I posed to you when we were talking about this before is, mm-hmm. is okay, like we 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 claim these things yeah. over and over and over and over and over again, but yet we don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. Like we don't, we're not like in and, and, and don't me wrong, I think there may be places and situations and circumstances and individuals in which in which it is happening. But but for the for the for the overall, it's not like And when we say, when I say a healing, I'm saying, or, 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 or a sign or, or a miracle or whatever I'm saying, I mean, tangibly evident happened in the moment. You yeah. know, which is what Irenaeus
1: says. Exactly. Nobody had to tell them, We'll walk in your healing, sister, and eventually you'll see it. Yeah. No, they saw yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> that that dude was dead, and then all of a sudden right. he wasn't dead. And then he was
0: with us many days <laughs> yeah, exactly. after that. It's exactly. like, but but again, we're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so the question that's posed in my heart is like, okay, God, like, like we, we should be seeing it mm-hmm. and so why why are we not seeing it mm-hmm. and I think it's it's some of these beliefs and some of these um practices that we've just adopted and walk in and and some of these understandings even yeah. some of these theological mm-hmm. uh, foundational things that that we just walk in yeah that that are that are in error yeah and and I think that's a big reason as to why we may not see these things happening because, because it's not it's not necessarily about what Araneus said, because he said it's it's all for the benefit of of reaching the Gentiles. Right. It's all for the benefit of people coming and, and what does he say? What does he say here? He says, he says for for do in just one example, for uh for some do certainly and truly drive out devils so that so that those who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Yes. And so like a lot of times we're not seeing healings happening in these in these in these undeniable present miracles happening. I think oftentimes because it's it's not necessarily about the individual outside of ourselves it's about us seeing it happen mm-hmm. or it's about someone seeing it happen through us yes you know so that yes. so that we can get the accolade and not so much god yeah and so like that's that's what that's the question that i wrestle with so often and i'll be honest with you prayers of mine for an individual haven't been answered yeah. because it hasn't been so much about that individual. Right. It's been about me either seeing the sign or or wanting the sign to be shown through me, right? And, and right. it's and it's a and it's a nasty level of pride, right? And I and, and in a way, I am trying to get God to be
1: mm-hmm. my genie rather yes. than than my Lord. Exactly, exactly. I think there's three things going on here. Yeah. Well, I think there's a whole host of things. Yeah. To me, three basic things that are going on. Number one, I think there's a misunderstanding of, of the person and work of Jesus and what that means for us. Second of all, I think there's a misunderstanding of what it is to be a child of God and what it looks like to live a cross-based, Christ-centered life. And then thirdly, like I, like I already said and like we just talked about, a misunderstanding of faith. Yeah. And how does our faith work with what God is doing? God doesn't follow our faith, our faith follows him. Yeah. Our faith is in him. Yeah. And our faith is in obedience to what the spirit tells us to do. Yeah, and and
0: he is chasing after the world.
1: Right. Exactly. You know
0: what I'm saying like like so my faith my faith isn't isn't for for Everything I want in my life, and for me to build, be built up, and for me to have all this faith, and for me, 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 my faith is is to ultimately see the Gentiles come to Christ. My yes. faith is ultimately to see the world restored to Him. Yes, that's His ultimate goal. Yes, so everything in my faith has to apply to that. Yes, that that's that's the that's the main purpose. Yes, in, in like yes. The purpose for me believing is for me to be restored, but once I'm restored and filled up and walking in that, everything that I do must be outside of myself at that point.
1: Yeah, like we can say it this way. The power of God at work in us is not for us. It's for our neighbor. 100%. It's for our neighbor. It's that it's not about me coming into church and getting my breakthrough. No. Getting my blessing, getting my prosperity, getting my healing, getting my, 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 my it's not about that it's about my neighbor because we tend to forget that based on what Jesus says in the two greatest commandments that the measure by which i love god is evident in how much i love my neighbor and i think it's it's i think if our faith is selfish and ultimately probably tied to an american dream that says i deserve the life i want yes. and god is the thing that's going to give me that um and and i I really think we should be careful telling God what our rights are as his children. Mm. Because we tend to try to use the inheritance that God has given us in Christ mm. as our right to tell him what we can and cannot have based off of based off of a certain interpretation of scripture. Yeah. Here's an example. I hear this phrase a lot. This I'm just going to be honest. This is going to hit home. I hear this a lot. People will say healing is the children's bread. How often have I heard in prayers for healing someone say healing is the children's bread? And I asked, I asked, <laughs> I asked somebody a while ago. I don't know how to describe them because it, it would just it wouldn't it wouldn't sound right. Yeah. I was talking with somebody a while back and we were praying for this happened here mm-hmm. we were praying for someone's healing in noon prayer this is a while ago yeah and during the prayer they said they said god we know you're going to heal this woman because healing is the children's bread and i asked them afterwards show me where that is mm-hmm. show me in scripture where it says healing is the children's bread and and we walked through the scripture and it's not there mm. it's not there and so then I begin to say, "What? How is it our right to tell God what we will have and who we are when He's the one who gave it?" Yeah. And it's like I understand standing on God's word. Yeah. And I understand. Uh, I understand having faith in the Scripture. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah but god doesn't need a reminder of what he said mm-hmm. he doesn't need a reminder of what his covenant is with us he's been faithful to that covenant in ways we will never know mm-hmm. in all of eternity we will i don't know that we'll ever know and if we do it'll take all of eternity to truly know the faithfulness of god in our lives it's good and it's what it is is it's a form of spiritual manipulation mm. that we're trying to tell god who we are and what he has to do yeah based based off of a healing is is the children's bread is not in scripture mm. it's not there and so we have to be careful we have to approach we have to approach the inheritance we have in Christ with humility yeah and with reverence yeah is there power at work in us yes 100% yes it's amazing and i think we'll go to the scripture later and and read a little bit of a portion of that yes there is great power at work in us but it's for our neighbor and yes. it is not my right it is not my right to exercise God's power. Mm-hmm. That it is it is his power at work in jars of clay. Yes. It, this incredible treasure that is at work in us. And it's it's not mine to wield mm-hmm. and it's not mine to tell God what to do with it. Mm-hmm. It's it's my responsibility to partner with it yeah. for the saving and redeeming of the world, like you said. Let's look at the gospels and look at Acts and look at the letters and let's look at these things the miracles followed the message. Yes. The miracles followed the message. Yes. Are there people in, in their gatherings whenever the early church gathered together, were there people healed there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Were there amazing spiritual experiences that happened? Yes. But far more often, it's them going out in the, into the world for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of the people, suffering while they're out there, and I'm sure we're going to hit on that. Yeah.
0: Let's go in reverse. You gave yeah. three. We're hitting yeah. on the third one. Yes. Go to the second one.
1: Yes. So the third one was faith. We hit on that. The second one was a misunderstanding of what it means to be a child of God. Yes. That's the second one. So that's that's the one we're hitting there. And it's it's interesting to me because we assume that because we're God's children, we never suffer any hardship. Yeah. And this is what this is what we tell people because right now because I think
0: that's critical for personal healing. Correct. You know what I'm saying when when we're expecting to be quote unquote healed. Yes. So I I want to talk about that because I think that's critically important to understand in order for us to be um, healing presence, be a yes. healing presence in 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 every situation. Yes. We have to understand both our personal healing and and the healing of those outside of us and and the healing of those for, for the sake of, of the gospel. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, and even with that, we have watered down the term healing to the degree that when someone says healing, we think, and even when we read the word healing in Scripture, we think it just simply means bodily cures. We think that it just means the man with the withered hand has his hand restored. Bada boom, bada bing. That's healing. Yeah, um, that is a watered down version of this concept of healing. Mm-hmm. When in Scripture, the term healing is often equated with salvation. It's often equated with uh, inner healing, transformation of the heart, newness of spirit, being born again. Um, it goes along with yes, bodily healing talks about the forgiveness of sin mm-hmm. like there's there's all of these different ways in which healing works in our lives that when so when the scripture says Jesus healed them or they were made well or they were made whole it's not just saying whatever ailment in their body that was taken away that it's they're brought into wholeness and newness in Christ that that really is like this overarching theme of what healing really is mm. So I've got to understand if I'm going to be a person who's healed, going out healing others. I got to understand what healing is, Mm. and it's it's not just simply. And you said this earlier: physical healing without spiritual healing is is useless. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the ten lepers in Luke. I want to say it's is that Luke 17. I think think it's it's Luke Luke nine. Okay, there you go. Yeah, the ten lepers, uh, they all receive a physical healing. But only one comes back in gratefulness to Jesus, and Jesus says, your faith has made you whole. Yep, yep. That there, there is a greater healing that you've experienced because you came back and gave glory to God. That nine lepers were cleansed, but only one leper was saved. Nine, nine lepers got better, but only one leper was different. Yep. So there was there was a different level of healing that he received. That if we're going to be a healing presence in our community and in our world and see other people healed, we need that kind of healing. Yeah. We need that kind of power at work in us that I've not just been made better Mm -hmm. by Christ. I've been made different. Yeah. Yeah, different in body, mm-hmm. but different in mind. Right. Different in heart, different in spirit, right. different in all of these ways, transformed yeah. into wholeness yeah. in Christ.
0: Well, because the powerful part about that story is that is that he came back and he and he fell at Jesus' feet yep. in worship yep. and thanksgiving. And so like he received something that was I mean, he received that salvation because yep. that's that's the <laughs> that's what it is. Exactly. You know, is is yeah, worship and reverence of who Jesus is. Exactly. He saw Jesus as the Messiah. He saw yes. Jesus as the savior yeah. and worshiped him as God. Yeah,
1: exactly. So this is really what we're getting at with the second point. You talked about the third point. Here's really what I'm trying to get at with the second point what it means to be a child of God. The the further along we go in the journey of our faith, the more mature we become in Christ, the less concerned we should be about our healing and the more concerned we should be about the healing of our neighbor. Mm. Moreover, the more we should be willing to suffer so that our neighbor might be healed. Mm. Because when you look at Jesus is the number one example, but when you look at his apostles, you are, seeing a, you are seeing a group of people who are utterly and completely cast aside, persecuted, physically ailing. Yeah. Paul tells the Galatians, the gospel came to you in power through the weakness of my flesh. And later on he says, I know that you wish you could tear out your eyes and give them to me. Some scholars actually say, that when the scales fell off of Paul's eyes after the Damascus road experience, when Ananias prays for him, that his eyes were never healed after that. Uh, now, could be so, could not be so, I don't know. We know his blindness was cured. Doesn't necessarily... Doesn't necessarily. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's All right. right. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily say that his eyes were in good condition. Yeah. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm but it's it's clear with that story and it's clear in the thorn in the flesh that he dealt with a physical ailment in his body mm-hmm. and he doesn't just say well you know the gospel still came to you guys whatever sorry you had to see me like that yeah no it was it was in spite of everything that went on in spite of all of my suffering that wasn't the point the point was the gospel came to you you received your healing Even though I didn't receive mine. Yeah. And the further we go, the more we are willing to suffer as Christ did. Yeah. So that the world might be healed as as Christ did.
0: Yeah. Because he wasn't just talking about prison. Like I think I
1: think some people would look at that and say, oh, he
0: was just talking about how he was imprisoned and blah, 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 blah. Like, no, he's talking about a physical ailment. We don't know what it was, but he was talking about something physical (laughs) that that he he had to deal with. You know, and it, but he wasn't writing to say, "Oh, just pray the Lord heal me." No, he's like, "Pray the Lord gives me power to preach to the Gentiles." Right? Like, like that was the purpose. That was the whole goal. Was was for him to have the strength and power to preach to the Gentiles. Yes. And he says, "Look, you know, take out this stone of my flesh out of my flesh." out of my fresh, (laughs) but he says, but he says, you you know, and the Lord says, you know, my gracious, my grace is sufficient for you. He
1: asked him to take it away three times. Exactly. And he says, and and you're exactly right. He said, my grace is sufficient for you Mm -hmm. because I've got a mission. Yeah. I've got a mission for you. Yeah. And if, and if you walk around telling these people that they're not going to suffer, (laughs) then you're going to lie to them. Yeah. So Paul goes Mm. and tells the opposite. He says, when you come into this kingdom, you are going to suffer. Yeah. Matter of fact, he says that through many, he says this in Acts, that through many sufferings, we come into the kingdom of God. Mm. I got to go, I got to go read that. But he talks about it's just, it's amazing to me because he doesn't, oftentimes, let's be real, when we are talking about healing, when we're talking about someone becoming part of the kingdom of God, when we use it, we almost exclusively say in Pentecostalism, you're, you won't experience suffering. Your yeah. life will be better. Yeah. That you're going to come into prosperity. You're going to come into health and wealth. This is your right. Yeah. And it's interesting. Sow that, your seed. Sow your <laughs> seed. Exactly. <Sorry>. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it, it's, I mean, it's just, it's wild to me. How we can just walk over scriptures like this mm. and just not, it's not that the scripture doesn't say that we won't receive healing because we will. And it doesn't, and it also says life is a lot better with Jesus than without him. Absolutely. 100%. But we have to balance it with scriptures like this. This is Acts 14, 21 and 22. After they had preached the gospel in that town and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom mm. of God. It is necessary wow. to go through many hardships to enter into the kingdom of God. Why would he say that? It's necessary to enter all of these hardships because that's what Jesus did. Yeah. That's what Jesus did. Yeah. And I, I, actually think that's a good segue into problem number one. Yeah. If we're good to go. Well, but in, and just you know that was
0: he, he brought healing through his suffering. Exactly. I mean, that like that's that's the, it, like the, Jesus did. That's the gist of what he did is he brought mm-hmm. healing about through what he suffered. Yes. And like we have to, we have to have that same understanding. Yes. Because in bringing all the way back to our historical figure and. And what they talked about, if 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 Irenaeus and Polycarp and Pothinus would have would have brought the gospel that we preach today to the people who were being burned at the stake and thrown into the arenas and 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 devoured by lions in front of thousands of people. Just because they believe in Jesus, and they would have said, "Hey, look, it's your best life now. God, God is gonna bless you. It, it, the enemy cannot touch you because you have authority." It, it, like that, the the church would not have been multiplied. No, the church would not have grown because people would have been like, "No, you're tripping." Uh-huh. Because because it, I I think we all know suffering whether you're in Christ or out of Christ, we know that the world brings suffering. It's part of what it means to be human ex- is to suffer. Exactly. So to say that you're never going to suffer or that things cannot come to come against you or your body can never be ill or any, anything of the sort... We 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 know that there's a certain deception there because these things happen anyway. Right. <laughs> these have these things happen far outside of our faith, and so right. it's it's a regular occurrence. So even outside of that, but again, going back to the early church, if if we would preach the same gospel to them that we that we get today, that they, they would have they there there wouldn't have been a multiplication of the church one hundred percent. And so like this is this is how the church. Grows, and I think, I, I dare I say that that maybe that's why we see a digression these days of of believers rather than a progression because because people are experiencing suffering. Mm-hmm. People people within the church are experiencing suffering, and they don't know how to handle it. Yep, because we're not teaching that suffering is 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 truly a part of the Christian law. Yes, and so like. We're not able to grasp why we are going through the things that exactly. we are going through. Mm-hmm. And, and if we understand that it is for the purpose of Christ mm-hmm. and it is for the purpose of preaching to the Gentiles exactly. that we go through the things that we go through, exactly. then maybe the church would be multiplied. Yes. Then maybe, maybe people would be added... Truly added to the church daily. Exactly. And you know what? Maybe we would see healing. Right. Maybe we would see we we would see those things happen, not for us, but for our neighbor. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. if I don't receive my healing and I pray mm-hmm. for someone and, and they get it, praise God. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Maybe we would see the the, the, the truest essence of what the church mm-hmm. is if we would understand that suffering is a part of our life. Regard, in Christ and outside of Christ, but even more so because our suffering has a purpose in Jesus. Yes, our suffering has purpose in Christ. Exactly, and 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 that's that's what brings
1: multiplication. Exactly,
0: that what that's what brings us to that place of of preaching the gospel with with all with all fervency. Yes, you know
1: when we preach from that place. Exactly, so we don't have to be confused when people suffer as. As Christians, and yeah. they don't have to be confused. Cause, well, because and and we've had a ton of conversations, and I want to be honest and I want to be vulnerable. Yeah.
0: Like, and and I and I know I've hit on this on multiple episodes, but like as we have more conversations, I'm coming to grips with my suffering. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm coming to grips with the purpose of my suffering, and I'm coming to grips with 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 why I've been where I'm at, and it's and it pains me because I think about the time I've wasted. Not being able to understand the suffering that I'm going through, and 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 using that and preaching all the more and mm-hmm. ministering all the more and giving all the more and 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 praying in faith all the more and believing for healing for my neighbor all the more. Yep. I how, how stuck have I been mm-hmm. in my suffering? How stuck have I been? Mm-hmm. And so I just, it just, it resonates so deeply
1: in my heart. Yeah. Suffering is an opportunity to identify with Jesus. Mm. It's an opportunity to say that God became man and suffered for me. And I can look right back at him and say, I suffered for you. Yeah, Like it, it wasn't just, here's all the things you did for me. And here's my rights based off of what you did. It's like, no, I'm doing what you did too. I'm not exempt from it. I'm actually led into it. And the redemptive purpose for my suffering and the suffering of Jesus is the salvation of the world, Right, the salvation of my neighbor, the healing of my neighbor, the healing of, of the whole world. I, I want to read what we read earlier. Yeah. Because um, you and I talked about this earlier, this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And I, I want to read, and maybe this will be a launching a launching place into that last point yeah, I about Christ and then and then we can wrap it. Yeah. Um, but this is what Paul says in Second Corinthians chapter four. I'm gonna start in verse seven and uh, finish up in verse twelve. Listen to what the apostle Paul says here. Now we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed in every way, not just, not just persecution. He does talk about persecution later. We're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. So then death is at work in us, but life in you. The life of Jesus isn't fully manifested in me and in you and in the church until the death of Jesus is also at work in us. Mm. Because notice what he keeps saying, so that. Mm. The, the, I carry around the death of Jesus in my body so that the life can be at work through me. Mm. I carry around and participate in the sufferings of Jesus in me so that the life of Jesus, the healing of Jesus can work through me to my neighbor. So when we cut suffering out of our theology, we cut healing out right along with Whoa. it. We cut it out. That's a statement right that's, there. That's that. That's yeah. wow. And I didn't because even it's plan true. to say that. And like that's, but,
0: it, but no, I but think that's, that's, it. that's the crux of what we're mm-hmm. saying. Yes, is that when we cut suffering out yes. of our theology, mm-hmm. we cut out healing.
1: Yes, that's so. That is so powerful. That's what we're seeing. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. And and because if I pray and declare healing over my neighbor, and I don't care if their suffering ends. I don't love them. Mm. I don't love them. I love the idea of God I've created that can do things for me and do things through me. And maybe at best, at best, we want God to do something good for them. Because remember, that's us at our best. But we got to have the right understanding of what God wants to do for them and in them and how he wants, he, how he wants to use us in order to do it. Mm-hmm. But that's why the apostles can suffer the way they suffered. And preach the gospel all the more mm-hmm. and in greater power is because they had an understanding of Jesus and how that works in a certain way. Can we? Yeah, go. Can, are go we good there. to go there? Okay. Go there. Yeah. So a lot of Pentecostals that I've met, and even me myself down through the years, held this held this view. I, w- I want to talk about something real quick, real cr- real quick, wow, <laughs> called Christology. Yeah, that just simply means how we speak about the person and work of Jesus, how we understand that, who he was and and what he did. Most Pentecostals I've met have what's called an exemplarist Christology. What that means simply is that uh, God becomes man, the Word becomes flesh, and Jesus lives the life we couldn't live, dies the death that we were supposed to die, so that in him we don't have to die that death, but we can have that life. Mm. So Jesus is an example of what it looks like to live life with God mm-hmm. it's what it looks like to be close to God mm-hmm. to be fully God's and to be fully the spirits mm-hmm. not the suffering part right because the suffering part he suffered to exempt us from suffering right and then we just get to share in the life yeah I do not think that's what the Bible teaches yeah I think what Paul and there are there are so many passages we could go to because once you see it, you can't unsee it. Right now, you see it everywhere. Once you see it, but I mean, Paul's words there in 2 Corinthians chapter four—it's clear he didn't believe that. That's that ain't the kind of Christology yeah. he's working with. Yeah, uh, the Christology he's working with, and that Jesus Himself talks taught. About. Yeah, he taught the same. He, he, he taught the same it. thing. It's it's called now. These are words that we're putting on there, okay? Mm-hmm. This, do, this does not originate with me, but this is the word I, I like to... This is the best word I've found to use, a participationist Christology. Jesus said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Yeah, He says in Colossians that that our lives are hidden in Christ with God. That being in Christ means that the life of God, the life of Jesus, flows through us, not just in his life, but also in his death. Yeah, that we become to participate in, in the life of Jesus, in the life Jesus lived, and and we are reliving Jesus's story in our body. That's why Paul says in Colossians, he says,'m I'm, I'm completing in my flesh, what's lacking in Christ's afflictions mm. for his church. Mm. We don't, I ain't never heard a Pentecostal sermon on that. Yeah. Never, because yeah. it doesn't fit in our theology, right. the worst of it. Right, It doesn't right, right, fit right. in the worst of our theology. Yeah. Because we have no place to say that, because then we would say, well, wait a minute, I thought his work was finished. Mm. Jesus' work was finished. His work in us is not done, and his work in the world is not done. Yeah. It's not done until the new heavens and the new earth. Exactly. That's when his mission and his work is complete. Yeah. So Paul says, Jesus has already suffered in his body for the church. Now it's my turn. Now that I'm in him, I'm suffering in my body. I'm completing in my flesh what is lacking. So we begin to take on the afflictions of Christ so that the life of Christ is also at work in us and through us. Yeah. That when we are in him, it means that we are actually in him. It's so interesting. Maybe I should. Maybe this is too much to go into, but there's this theological term called recapitulation, mm-hmm. and the early the early church fathers are are the ones who come up with this. I just I'm convinced we need to read them more. Yeah, guys, going back to like Irenaeus. Yeah, because they just they're so close. They are they are far removed from Jesus and his disciples. Yeah, but they're so close. You you could just see the teachings. Yeah. all over what they're saying. Yep but they talk about this this concept called recapitulation which means that Jesus in his earthly life was reliving and completing the history of Israel hmm. so that everything that Jesus said and did was a reversal and a completion of God's purpose for Israel yeah and so that we are stepping into the recapitulation of Christ and we are reliving what he said and did, mm. so that his work is coming to completion in us. Mm. So what we're saying is this: an exemplarist Christology says that would make it okay to be burned at the stake. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, I, I can, I can, <laughs> or 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 thrown into a, 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 a an arena full of lions. I mean that, that you know, you saying that makes it be like, oh, if I can agree to that, then I have to be okay with the outcome of that. I'm reliving that. Yes. His yeah, death yeah, yeah. and his life is at work in yeah, yeah, yeah. me
1: through all of those things. Yep. You're exactly right. Yeah. You're exactly right. So at the end of the day, to try to make this as simple as I can, an exemplarist Christology says...
0: I done got him going, guys. I'm I sorry. Know, I'm I know, I know. am sorry. <laughs> says,
1: says that's what Jesus said and did, and we live now based off of that. Yeah. A, per- a participationist Christology says... That's that's who Jesus is, and that's what he did. We live in that. Yeah. So not because of that, we live in that. Yeah. We are in Him, and and that's why the understanding that the apostles had, like you said, that's why they could have it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and that, like, and again, not to reiterate what you're saying, but like that first one is basically saying, you know, because he did with what he did, nothing that happen to him can happen to us. Right. And and that and that's not the truth. Right. That that's not the case. Right. Because again, like you said, he we we take up we take up that cross. In mm-hmm. in Colossians 3, 3 it says, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. There you go. And so we have died and our life is in God. Because we we go through that suffering and we live a life of sacrifice unto God, dead to the world, and because our, our life is hidden in Christ. And so as we suffer and as we live that life of suffering, in order that someone else might find life in God, you know what I mean? Yes. In order that someone else might come, might come to the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so it, we're, we, like you said, we're participating in that, not for the purpose of, because again, our life—he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake yes. will, will find it. Exactly. So, so our life is no longer here. Our right. our, our our affinities are no longer here. Nor is our affinity for ourselves. Exactly. And like that's what we that's what we combat every yes. single day. Because my life is no longer here. It's no longer for myself. Because I am dead, and my life is in Christ, hidden, mm-hmm. hidden. With Christ in God, yes, right. So it's not here, right, right. So I'm not living for here. I'm not living mm-hmm. for my life mm-hmm. and for my my sake and for my healing. I'm living for the healing of the world. I'm living for for the for the restoration yeah. of of the world and every individual that that I, that I encounter, every individual that I can under yes. the power of God. I'm living for it for that to be restored unto him. Right. And so that their life can be hidden in exactly. Christ. Exactly. And so, like, having that understanding changes the whole game. Yes. It changes our whole understanding. Because again, I fall into the pitfall of like, God, you got to get me out of this, and I gotta be blessed, and I gotta have my best life, and I'm and I I will prosper and da-da-da-da-da. Right. And like, and don't me wrong, I do believe that. To a certain extent, God does want to bless His yes. children, and yes. He gives good gifts unto yes. His children. He I'm, does. I'm That's all, Bible. I'm yes. all for that. Yes, but at the same time, there are things that I must suffer for the gospel. Yes, and in and, and praise God if I suffer for righteousness' sake. Yes, if I suffer wrong for the sake of righteousness, praise God for yes. it. And it's like not every attack or not everything that I suffer is is, in a, is an attack from the devil either precisely you know and like that's again we have to understand that but it's all for the sake of participating in what he did
1: yeah the the famous prophecy about Jesus when it talks about Jesus was bruised for our transgressions um the chastisement of our peace was was laid upon him all all this famous text it's interesting that uh, early on in that chapter, as a part of the the prophecy in Isaiah, he says that this suffering servant, who we know is Jesus, uh, was a man of pain who knew what sickness was. Mm. That and Jesus carried around these things in his body, not that so that we didn't have to, and he he was not abstained from any of those things, but that's how he defeated the powers of evil. In the same way, our victory over evil comes the same way. Mm. Evil may come my way, affliction may come my way, but I'm saved through it, yeah. not from it. Right? That, that's where my victory comes through. Yeah. So God's victory in me doesn't mean I never go through anything. Mm. It means that everything I go through will be redeemed and God will turn that evil and use it for good, Yeah. use it for the salvation of others, just like in the case of Jesus and I, I think it's important to say this too because in that in that isaiah prophecy and in 1 peter 224 there is a statement there that says by his stripes we have been healed mm-hmm. or by his stripes we are healed mm-hmm. we most pentecostals take that to mean physical healing is guaranteed to me because jesus took stripes on his body yeah and that is a perfect example of us watering down the concept of healing mm. to just mean physically. Yeah. When you look at the context in Isaiah and you look at the context in Peter, he's talking about we're saved. Yeah. Jesus took stripes on his body so that we can be saved, so that we can be healed in that sense, yeah. so the whole world can be healed. Right. But we aren't, we aren't healed from suffering. We're healed through it mm. and for it, so that others might be healed. Yeah. And I think it's important that we recapture that we recapture that. Early yeah. Pentecostals knew that. Yeah. They didn't dismiss suffering. Well I think it's important we get back to some of those right. roots. And it and it says that that signs will follow
0: those who believe. Is yes. Um and I and I want to say this and maybe we can close on this, but that that requires proper belief. Yes. It 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 requires proper belief. Mm-hmm. Because again, I'm understanding more so in myself that man, like yes Prayerfully, signs and wonders will happen. Mm-hmm. But I have to believe and I have to believe properly. Yes. I have to believe properly about who Jesus, who Jesus is, mm-hmm. who Jesus has called me to be, mm-hmm. and and what
1: in the purpose of healing overall. And what faith requires of me. Exactly. That hits the three problems yeah. right there. Exactly. Who Jesus is, who he has called me to be in partnership with him. Right. And what, what in participation manner of faith. With exactly. In participation exactly. with him. And what manner of faith he requires yeah. of me. Yeah. And, and, and like, because
0: even partnering, it, that's to Does say, it quite that's it. to say yeah. I have more say so than I right. really do. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. but in participation with him yes. and what faith is required of me. But listen, man, this was a good one. Yeah. I appreciate you, Pastor Tyler, just going in um, on, on these different things. And I, I learned so much from you, so I appreciate it. I learned um, so much from you. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, um, but listen, thank you guys so much for listening this week. I pray this episode has just been a blessing to you. And I pray that it just helps you and your, your Christology and your walk and your belief in Jesus. Um, but let's believe right and and prayerfully, by that belief, signs will follow. By yes. that belief, the church will be multiplied. By that belief, Amen. people will come to the knowledge and revelation of who Jesus is. Yes. And so, um. But listen, we we thank you guys. We love you guys. Be sure to follow us at Church Voice Podcast, all one word on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook at the same thing. And listen, if you could, if you're, if you made it to the end of this episode, I implore you. I beg you. I ask you, um, with all of my heart, uh, to leave us a review. Um, if you're enjoying what you're hearing, leave us a review, let us know what you think. Um, and, and if you leave us a review, we'll be sure to highlight that on the next episode and, and show you some love right back. But thank you guys so much. We love you and we'll see you in the next episode. Peace out y'all. Peace.